Hey there, crafter with a full-time job. If you're looking for a way to make extra income, extra 10K in your sleep from SVG cut files in the next 12 months, I'm Jeff and I am here to help you. Sign up for my free masterclass below and get my secrets for building a successful six-figure SVG business. So you can quit your job, you can cut down your hours to spend more time with your kids. Welcome to our new live session and today our special guest is... Ravi from Idea Strider, and we will be talking about growing in your comfort zone. All right, so let's get started with today's topic. I'm really interested in listening your, to your viewpoint because everywhere you look, all the successful people say the same thing that you need to get out of your comfort zone to be successful. And this is something I've personally experienced as well. So I would love to hear your side of the story on how you can grow in your comfort zone, right? So yeah, tell us about yourself. a little intro. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a little background on who I am and then I can get into why I believe that and the, the neuroscience um, that I, I've, I've read around it. So I'm the black sheep of uh, four boys. Um, all my rest of my family are kind of performers. So my dad's a professional magician. Uh, my two younger brothers are professional dancers. Uh, my older brother used to work for Circus Soleil. Um, and I work as a marketing operations manager. Um, so <laughs> kind of like the opposite direction. I mean, I could juggle, I could do acrobatics just like my brothers, but uh, my passion was more uh, business driven. So that's cool. kind of my background. And, um, I would say that I love trying new things and I'm just constantly going outside of what I'm used to and just like, you know, diving into things that are uncomfortable, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Outside comfort zone, as, as people would say, um, just to give you ideas of some of the, the crazy things I've done. To get, um, so I make gigantic soap bubbles the size of cars. Um, you know, you mentioned how to juggle. Uh, I do partnered acrobatics. Um, I used to uh, improv comedy um, and, you know, perform on stage uh, like musicals. I've, um, I've done a lot of crazy things in my travels around the world. But the whole point is, like, I'm really uh, excited when I try new things. And people were always like, oh, you're so, you're out there. You're so good at, like, you know, getting outside your comfort zone. But I was always not always, but most of the time I was in my comfort zone because I was really experienced at trying new things. And so I want to talk about what you said is that most successful people, including you, had to get outside their comfort zone in order to yep. succeed. And uh, a common uh, saying is that um, you just have to constantly get used to that, right? Yep. And, yeah. And you can get used to discomfort. You know, that's kind of the saying is get used to discomfort. It's going to be your life. Um, but what happens when you get used to discomfort? That becomes the new baseline. And now you become uncomfortable in your life, right? Until you're able to uh, adapt. And when you're trying to do new things, if you force yourself in a state of complete uncomfortability, or let's say, you know, um, let's say I'm trying to do something new, like a, learn a new dance move, like break dancing, right? 
So I show up, I'm the only white guy there, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to learn break dancing among people who are done way better. And I just like putting myself in a, an environment where I totally feel uncomfortable, right? The chances of me continuing to try that is very low. And I think this is why only like 1% of people succeed, right? Because mm -hmm. most of us don't want to experience that like torture to ourselves every single day because it takes a long time. No matter the skill or the business that you try to build, it takes a long time. And so the concept of growing within your comfort zone is simply the concept of building your confidence in the areas that you could manage now to the mm -hmm. point where when you take a step out, you've already grown enough confidence that the next step out is no longer uncomfortable, right? So that's what I did unconsciously throughout my life. Whenever I did new things, you know, it was a little bit uncomfortable, but then I would get comfortable with it and then go to the next step. You know, I never took those giant leaps. I never went way outside my comfort zone or dived straight in. That was never my, my strategy. I always took like one little step at a time and I was able to just grow within what I was currently comfortable doing. Uh -huh. I was able to do these crazy things that most people want to do. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Like, instead of taking one giant leap outside your comfort zone, cut it down to smaller steps, grow slowly, and then take the next step. That makes so much sense. Right? Like, because I was like, so confused. How, how do you grow in your own comfort zone? So thanks for clarifying that. And what about the myth of no pain, no gain? What's, how's that? Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of uh, directly related to like growing outside your comfort zone. So have you ever heard of survivor's bias? No. Oh, okay. So it's the concept is that, uh, let's say I'm on a hypothetical shipwreck, right? And the ship, you know, just crashes and everyone, you know, the whole thing goes down. I'm the only survivor and I make it to an island and I have my lucky t-shirt, right? Mm -hmm. And then using my t-shirt, I'm able to filter uh, and catch rainwater and I'm able to, you know, survive. And then when there's a, uh, a plane passing by, I'm able to use that same t-shirt to flag them down so they could see me. And, you know, everyone's excited that um, I survived and I give this big talk, you know, in front of hundreds of thousands of people about, you know, what, what made it so that I was able to survive. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, oh, it was my lucky t-shirt. Lucky, having a lucky t-shirt is like the key to survival if you ever get in a boat wreck. So hopefully that story kind of illustrates the fact that, you know, the person who survives is really biased because like that's all they knew. And that's the only way that they were able to survive. So they, it's not that having a t-shirt is going to make you survive in a, a boat wreck, right? There was yeah. hundreds of people on the boat that, you know, that there are. So that's survivor's bias. And so when we constantly focus on uh, business owners or entrepreneurs or super successful people, you know, the top 1%, the millionaires. This podcast is sponsored by my Ivy League standard SVG business coaching program, SVG Superstar, where you not only learn to design SVGs, but also how to sell those designs to make money in your sleep. To learn more about my program, sign up for my free masterclass via the link in the description. 
a lot of them have that same bias and they talk about their experiences and give advice from that perspective of saying, here's my lucky t-shirt, whatever it is. Um, and so the no pain, no gain is kind of a lucky t-shirt, right? The idea that if you're not experiencing discomfort and you're not pushing yourself, um, you're not going to succeed. Not to say that you don't have to push yourself. Like, don't get me wrong, right? You can't do the same thing over and over again and succeed. Like there's very few people. But the, the way to achieve success, I think, and my, my whole goal in life is to enable 33% uh, more entrepreneurs in the US and the world at large mm -hmm. to become successful. Because one third, um, the only thing holding them back is their, their mindset, they're afraid of failure. This is from the Global Entrepreneur Monitor Report from 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole concept of how I'm doing it is that there's multiple paths to success. And right now, the reason that only 1% of people are succeeding is that only 1% of their audience are like them and able to copy their same techniques, right? Just like the hustle attitude, just, you know, grit your teeth and just work a 40 hour work week and then just do your, your side hustle on top of that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and most of us can't sustain that, right? We have family, we have, you know, uh, children, we have, you know, a life outside of that. And that's why we have so small uh, success rates, I think, in any kind of business is because our approach is copying the people that are just like, you know, gritting their teeth and just like ramming right through, you know, the type A personalities. Yeah. Um, and you have to realize what your personality is and then realize what is a better approach. So um, there's a fantastic TED Talk speaker. Uh, he, he wrote a, a great book called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Anger, right? His TED Talk is, uh, I think, 2011. It's an old one, but it's really good. Basically, his, his, he's a Harvard uh, researcher. He found out that the people that were more successful in life were successful because they focused on happiness and they were able to be happier first. Mm -hmm. um, a personal example of this um, is that I decided to move to Hawaii because I wanted to be more productive. And mm -hmm. so I was able to, and I have a spreadsheet. I track all this stuff. I was able to maintain 80% productivity throughout the year while tripling my happiness. Wow. That's and neat. Yeah. And I, I think when people, because I, I, I love productivity, you know, I'm a, a senior procrastinator of 20 years of experience. And so I've been focused on trying to be productive and become like the 1% of successful people for most mm -hmm. of my life. And it wasn't until I started realizing I had to play more and, you know, have more balance in my life that I actually was starting to see consistent progress on my business ideas and goals. So actually like moving away from it, having more fun, less pain was actually driving more success. Uh -huh. I love that. So just taking a step back, like, uh, oh, the survivor's bias. So every, each one of us can have our own version of lucky t-shirt. That is that what you were trying to say? Yes. So it's not necessary that we have to follow the footprints exactly. Like if somebody's waking up at 4 a.m. and going to bed at 8 p.m., I, I won't be successful. I will be successful even if I don't follow that exact same pattern, if I don't wake up at 4 a.m. Because 
because a lot of times I beat myself up for waking up really late. Uh, I like to wake up at 10, 12 p.m. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite time. I, I, even though I'm awake at 10 a.m., I don't get out of bed until it's 12 p.m. And I always beat myself up. Like, if you want to be successful, you have to be up by 4 a.m. So tell me it's okay to do that. Yeah, so there's... Um... I'm sure you're familiar, familiar with night owls and morning birds, right? Yeah. Yeah, so those are two types of chronotypes. So there's around four different chronotypes um, that you could be. So um, one, one website, they do different animals. So like a, a night owl, a morning bird, a dolphin, and a bear. And they kind of just take the um, behaviors of those animals in sleep patterns. But there's a lot of evidence when it comes to sleeping habits, that it's so much healthier and better to be more successful, the things like that, to stay within your uh, chronotypes, right? So most of these are based on biology and your environment, you know? And if you're a night owl, you'll be more productive staying as a night owl than trying to copy those early birds, right? The earlier birds might slightly be um, more productive as a group, but when a night owl be, uh, changes to a morning bird's schedule, they get worse, you know? So there's a lot of research around that. Um, so it is perfectly okay to yeah. sleep in. Cool, I'd I, I love, I love to hear that. And so uh, talking about, uh, you said that we discussed something about focusing on your side as 100%, like this is something uh, a lot of my audience has, and I've also struggled with in the past, like the shiny object syndrome. Whenever you see something is trending, taking off, you jump on that bandwagon and you try that. And then you see it's not working. You try something else, one after the other. You just keep on hopping from one thing to other. And this is something I've done in the past. However, I learned my lesson focusing on just one thing and then I saw growth exponential growth so so can you talk more about that yeah so um, I think um, there, there's a, a crazy statistic that I found out that said uh, people with ADD have a, a 70 to 80 percent higher likelihood of becoming uh, self-employed or entrepreneur um, and I think the more the more I'm able to research and more um, people are actually conducting research on um, I forget the term it's like uh, neurodivergent thinking the more they're finding the people that are stereotypically entrepreneurs don't think like a lot of other people right they have different patterns um, so like you might have ADD or you might have other kind of uh, neurodivergent ways of thinking that makes it really hard to concentrate like the stereotypical type A, you know, entrepreneur who's able to just grind through on the same task until it's done and then move on, right? They're hyper-focused. Um, so I think there's a huge cohort of people who want to be entrepreneurs, but they can't follow that model. And for me, I'm constantly switching between ideas. And while... I'll never be able to, and again, with the same thing with sleep schedules, if I try to do 100% focus on just one thing, it, it, it's, it's bad, right? And there's um, some great studies talking about 
if you want to become an expert, like whether it's at basketball or some sort of art or things like that, taking breaks and switching what you're doing, uh, the exercises will actually accelerate your growth faster. So in the same way with your business, don't try to do the same task over and over again. Try to cycle through things that are all related to what your business is, right? So for me, I always cycle through the three same ideas that I'm working on. Whenever I get bored with one, I move to the next. That way I'm able to still make progress without feeling guilty that I'm not working on my only one goal because everyone gets bored, right? Yep. And at the end of the day, we just want to make progress. So if you have to um, work on different aspects of the same business just to, to constantly make progress, great, do that. Because at the end of the day, it's whether or not you're able to achieve your goals versus how long it took you to get there. Mm -hmm. So for example, for people, who are running crafting business so uh, what you're trying to say like one day you do the crafty part the other day once you get bored you focus on the admin tasks you focus on the social media so is, is that what it's all about yeah if you are a solopreneur someone who is trying to rely do everything yourself then you need to start rotating if you're struggling with procrastination or just fatigue and you, you know, you're just losing energy. I was just talking to an entrepreneur. Um, he shut down his blocking business because he was talking about uh, car seats, like baby things. Um, and he just got bored. Right. And he was making money. And he's like, if I had like the energy and drive to focus on it, it would probably would have, you know, paid for his whole life. Um, but he just couldn't, he lost all interest in it. Um, and so if you are constantly trying to focus on one aspect of your business, you're going to make it monotonous no matter how much you enjoyed it at the beginning. Um, that being said, there's certain parts of having a business that you can't just drop. And this is where outsourcing, you know, whether it's automation, so that's me marketing automation or it's human, you know, because you can't automate it and get freelancers or other, other people to hire just because once your business is up and going, you can't just drop the ball, right? You can't just, ah, I'll, I'll deliver those orders later. Right. You got to deliver it. So true. So, so just wrapping up this whole thing, thanks for sharing all those amazing tips. Can you give us something on growing in your comfort zone? Yes. All right. So I'll give you three quick tips. And these are things that I learned over about five to seven years of trial and error, right? The first one is to, uh, Pick a goal that you could achieve in about 10 minutes or less. Don't make a goal of six figures for the year, right? That could be a great milestone to check, you know, if you achieve it. But your goal should be achievable within 10 minutes, okay? That's tip number one. Um, I was able to go from two to 200 push-ups a day using that uh, methodology. The second one is the build-in breaks, right? The same thing I was talking at the very beginning you have to have balance and having that balance between fun and productivity is actually going to yield better results over the long term, right? So I've been tracking my own personal data for six years and I've been able to see my uh, productivity like go all over the map. It wasn't until I started focusing on having more fun and happiness that I was able to make consistent progress in my business, right? Mm -hmm. That's number two. And then, so you have, accomplishable task within 10 minutes 
building your breaks, right? For me, it's an 80-20 rule. 20% of the year, I have to have fun, I have to play, and that's my, my vacation time. <clears throat> and the third thing I think is um, really important for entrepreneurs because they are one of the most loneliest professions out there is make connections with other entrepreneurs, right? Friends and family are great, but try to find people who are experiencing the same thing, your community, um, because that would yield, I mean, like there's a million different reasons why it's beneficial for mental health, um, you know, for connections and networking to improve your business, to grow, things like that. Um, so, but more importantly, if you're trying to make consistent progress, knowing that you're not alone is one of the most key drivers. And I have a whole course that I teach about like productivity and motivation and the students, they would constantly come back to me and like, you know, I would ask them, what was the best thing about my course? They're like, oh, just knowing I wasn't alone. Like nothing I taught was even on their mind. It was just the yeah. fact that they weren't alone and procrastinating. Um, mm -hmm. Those are my top three tips um, in helping people to grow and build a business. Thank you so much. And I really want to stress more on the last tip. That is so, so important, having a community. And that is why in my program, a VIP Facebook group because I can see like how when people on the same boat as you are just supporting and cheering you on it just it's so uplifting to have like this secluded area on the where you can just go and rant and share your happiness which only people in the same boat as you can understand others won't understand for example when uh, some of my clients make uh, sales or maybe get a bad review. Like other people can understand what 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 they're going through, and it, I've seen such beautiful conversations taking place in that community. So I 100% agree with what you have just said. Yeah, awesome. So tell us about your services. Where can we find? Oh you? yeah. So I have a white, uh, website called Idea Strider. You can find it in uh, my Instagram link. And um, right now I'm offering uh, a recorded course that combines about 10 years worth of research into every productivity hack in the book. Um, and I kind of give it with the, the context of this. It's like knowing what to do is not the same thing as doing it, right? I knew how to do a push-up, but like I struggled for years until I was able to apply certain tweaks to those productivity tools to get to 200 a day, right? I'm not doing 200 a day now, but um, so you could take the course, but know that knowing things in some regards, it makes it harder to actually get it done. Uh, and then I have a, a waiting list um, that I'm starting now, which is um, uh, very similar to Startup Weekend, where people could come together, they form groups of three, they, they come up with a new idea for a business, and it's all similar types of businesses, but they're able to barter skill for skill. So I'm a marketer, I could help a copywriter because I, I don't like to write. The copywriter could be helped by a designer. And the three of us are all working on the same kind of business. So we're all collaborating by just uh, exchanging skills, right? Because I, I um, charge in the marketplace about $100 an hour for, for my level of skill. Um, so no one could afford that as a startup, but I'm happy to give one hour of my time in exchange for one hour of your time because the uh, the gains are going to be equal. You know, you'll save me six hours um, with helping me build my business. So that's um, cool. just in 
uh, alpha. So I'm just collecting a wait list so people mm -hmm. can sign an email. And eventually, once I have enough people, I'll, uh, I'll start that program. Awesome. That is, that is so amazing. Like, if you could just get some sort of help from fellow other people with different expert areas of expertise, that's super helpful. It's going to be super helpful when you're starting out. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing these amazing tips. I found them super helpful. And uh, the fact that I can wake up at 5 p.m. instead of 4 a.m. So that was really good to hear as well. So thank you so much. And uh, I hope you get a ton of followers and all the best with your new ventures. And bye-bye. Have a happy evening. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. Lastly, if you're looking for a way to make extra 10K in your sleep so you can cut down your hours to spend more time with your kids, sign up for my free masterclass via the link in the description. Bye-bye.